0: We would like to say a special thank you to Mary Conover for sponsoring this week's episode.
1: Yes, he's commanding you to pray always. This is, uh, I don't want to take that away. That is exactly what Jesus is saying. You mm-hmm. must be praying always. The, ne- the, the, the need. The need. Yeah. The problem yeah. with uh, thinking of prayer is, you know, your activity becomes like, oh, then then everybody needs to get into the the monastery or everybody has to get into some sort of uh, meditative trance uh, and uh, get into pray all the time. Well, that's not actually what prayer is.
0: What's up everybody and welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran Lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. In today's Lectionary text, Jesus tells us a parable about our need to pray always and not lose heart. We are commanded to pray always. In fact, prayer is a need, but we lose heart and become weary, assuming it requires us to be in a constant meditative trance, head to a monastery, or always have our hands folded and our heads bowed. As Lars teaches Adam and I, when we ask, how do we pray always? That prayer isn't just those concentrated moments before meals, prayer is connected to faith. The faith that we trust the word And we believe God will do what he said he will do. In fact, God himself is praying for us. He's praying that we believe in his mercy, that we live in his kingdom. That's why we don't need to lose heart when we're commanded to pray always. We have faith from God. Let's get to it. Here's Luke chapter 18 verses 1 through 8. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? And now on to this week's conversation. Welcome back to Scripture First. We have Lars Olson with us this week. Thanks for being here, Lars. As always, Mason, it is a pleasure to be here with you. Nice. (laughs)
2: Nice.
0: (laughs) It's nice to see you too, Lars. You as well.
2: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, We are in the uh, 18th chapter of Luke, um, where we hear uh, uh, this parable about uh, this widow and the judge. And maybe we can just say, uh, or we can ask uh, right from the start, Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. So this is a parable, uh, about prayer. And then also, uh, Despair. What's it mean not
1: to to lose heart? Yeah, to lose heart would be to give up, right? Uh, To uh, stop trusting in God's promise. It is to um, despair. I think is a good word for it. And of course, this comes right after the end of Luke 17, where uh, Jesus has been telling his disciples. They've been asking. He's been being asked when and where is the kingdom of God going to come? And he says it's going to come in ways you can't see it, Mm -hmm. Uh, and yet it is here. Um, you're going to be losing all sorts of things, not gaining things. So there's not going to be ways when you're going to say, see, uh, that's how I can know the kingdom of God is here. Uh, And he's driving them into despair and telling them this, that the kingdom of God is going to come and take away all of their things, even their very life. Uh, And, And then this is the parable that he tells them right after that. There's no break. Uh, He tells them that they're going to lose themselves uh, because of the kingdom of God. And uh, and then now this is the parable that he tells them in order to remind them that they need to pray always and not lose heart.
0: Yeah. So if this is the direct response to you're going to lose everything and there's no justice coming for you, then... There you go. A Nice right. one-two combo from, from Jesus there.
1: That's right. Uh, uh, he's trying to break our love of uh, and need for justice constantly in every
0: conversation. But before we get to the justice, um, can we talk about the need to pray always? Um, like this sounds like it's some sort of command that like you should be praying at all times. Right. And when you hear that as a command, as something we're supposed to do, then of course you might lose heart. You might become weary that that sounds a little bit exhausting to constantly be praying in this, in the, in the way that people assume prayer is. Right. And so, um, yes, he's commanding you to pray
1: always. This is, uh, I don't want to take that away. That is exactly what Jesus is saying. You mm-hmm. must be praying always. The, ne- the, the need. The need. Yeah. The problem yeah. with uh, thinking of prayer is, you know, your activity becomes like, oh, then then everybody needs to get into the, the monastery or everybody has to get into some sort of uh, meditative trance uh, and uh, get into pray all the time. Well, that's not actually what prayer is. Um, prayer is not sitting there with your hands folded and saying kind little words before you eat food. Uh, That's one kind of prayer. But of course, Jesus is going to make sure that we are constantly praying. And prayer here is going to be connected to faith, which is trusting the word. And so when you're trusting God's word, you're saying, what you're going to do is what I believe in. And that is a prayer, always saying, Lord, how long is this going to be? When will it happen? Uh, I trust that you're going to be doing this. And of course, we grow weary and do this. And that's going to happen to Jesus' disciples in just a couple of chapters when he says, stay with me this night and pray. And they all fall asleep and they cannot do it. Hmm. But of course, uh, it's not just their prayer that, that God is waiting on, uh, because God even prays for us, gives us these words to pray and says, uh, when you can't pray, just know that, uh, we are, that it, God is praying for us as well. So that prayer isn't something that you just have to do for God all the time, but prayer is saying, uh, I trust your word. I trust what you have said. I trust you. So My whole life is lived in prayer and trust in that way.
2: That's good. Um, So pray always, not lose heart. Then Christ goes into the parable. He says, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. And in that city, there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, grant me justice against my opponent. So we have a judge who's um, a, a, a poor judge. By, by all accounts, <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's he's a judge that's not a judge. Yeah, uh, he's, he doesn't seem very judgely. He's or, not a <laughs> judge, right? He's uh, not
1: judges. The uh, the yeah, a judge is supposed to be someone who uh, knows the law, listens to your complaint, listens to your opponent's complaint, and uh, and and draws a conclusion in the law that is maybe not satisfactory to everybody. That would be the best if everybody was uh, engaged and in the law was perfect, but 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 brings the complaint to an end by saying, this is what the law gives you. Mm-hmm. And this judge has no respect for people and doesn't fear God. This judge mm-hmm. um, in sh- in short terms only listens to himself. Yeah. <laughs> he only uh, listens to his own voice, which is what he does next, right? Which is say, um, oh, I don't care about this widow at all, but I know what I'll do. Uh, Luke has a habit of doing this in the last few parables of having people have an inner monologue that uh, that that shows their sin, that shows their turned in upon themselvesness, and using those people to make his point about, in this case, prayer and faith and the world and the kingdom of God. So the judge is not very... Judgy, Judgish. Noah, yeah. yeah. has no, yes.
0: no uh, Judgy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> judgely is not a word.
1: <laughs> uh, he doesn't, he just doesn't even, he yeah. doesn't do the things that judges would do. No. Right? right. Um, and the widow, of course, is a, a special kind of uh, a shibboleth, right? Uh, the, the term widow is used throughout Luke. Yeah. Um, throughout uh, scripture. From, through, uh, well, and, and especially in the Old Testament, as someone that you say, uh, that person needs some special care in the law. Yeah. And why is that? Why do widows need special care in the law?
2: Husband's not there. Um, yeah. Maybe children are off or yeah. if they have children. Yeah. I mean, uh, they have
1: nobody to speak for them. Nobody yeah. uh, uh, of power to be on their side, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, their economics are are hindered. Uh, their place in society is kind of cast to the side. Sometimes they're maybe elderly. So they're lumped in with orphans and the poor regularly in the Old Testament as people who are singled out for special care in the law. Mm-hmm. that you're supposed to hear their... Uh, their pleas and care for them beyond anybody else. Mm -hmm. So it's not that the law is impartial in that way that everybody gets an equal thing. Some people get special uh, special attention, especially those who are in the most need, Mm -hmm. who have the least power.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, that's ideal if uh, the law actually worked and you actually had a judge who abided by the law.
1: Right. This judge is the widow's last attempt uh, to have her voice heard. Mm-hmm. Right. And she turns to a judge and clearly she's been doing this multiple times to the place where he's tired of hearing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's been coming and telling her uh, complaint, uh, at demanding justice saying, give me what the law demands. And the judge hasn't wanted to hear any of it. Mm-hmm. For a while he refused. It says he refused to hear her. He wouldn't even take up the case. Now we don't, this is a parable, but we're not told whether her case is, uh, A good one or a bad one. Mm -hmm. None of that matters. It Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what the injustice done to her is. It doesn't matter uh, if she's in the right or her opponent is in the right. None of that actually matters. Mm -hmm. It's that the judge refused to hear until it mattered to him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he has a a sort of funny thing to say because he
2: just confesses his own sin uh, to himself and to us, as you said, uh, Lars, though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yeah, because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice. So he begin he begins his monologue. I don't respect God. I have no fear of God. No respect for anyone. Uh, this is a strange way to go about
1: uh, your vocation. That's exactly how her. I talk to myself, too. Yeah. You
0: know?
1: <laughs> but this strange widow with no power has worn him down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it actually, the, a couple of times in this, it says, you know, uh, warn him out or... Um, uh, bothered him, or there's a couple places in here where, where in the Greek, the the words can be translated kind of beat him up. Uh, especially this one, um, wear wear me down. In our translation, it's kind of beat him down. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean that she actually hit him in the face, but that's the that's the uh, the language that he's using. He's, he's kind of <laughs> like. Would you stop, you know, uh, bothering is not probably strong enough language here. Would Mm -hmm. you stop pestering? Would you stop annoying? Uh, uh, Would you stop beating me down until I can't do anything else? This is
2: like my daughter in the morning when we go into the kitchen (laughs) and we have our bananas out. And she says, Nana, Nana. And she points over there and says, no, just wait for breakfast, Nana.
0: (laughs) I want it now. (laughs) now.
1: (laughs) And you give her one and then she says, Nana. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Um, that is uh, more insistent than uh, just will not take no. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. No, she she is uh, maybe even threatening physical harm to him. (laughs) Right? Uh, It's 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 way down deep in the in the amount of irritation uh, that he's got. But the strange part of this whole parable, as with a number of these parables in Luke, where Jesus uses the uh, unjustness, the unrighteous one to make his point. Here, Jesus turns and doesn't say, now listen to the widow and see all that she needs. Mm -hmm. Uh, He says, listen to the unjust judge. (laughs) <laughs> or uh the other way that that can be translated in in the Greek is actually the judge of injustice as if uh in his b- basic character he's unjust uh, that he is uh, that he has no respect for the law at all and Jesus is now using this unjust judge this judge of injustice to make his point about god
0: and that's an i I think that's really important to point out that this Parable is not. Don't get lost in the 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 justice piece of this, because Jesus is using that as a, a a comparison to God, right? Like not a comparison, but like a, a contrast. contrast. Mm-hmm. Uh, that this is not a, a, supposed to be. Find yourself in the parable. This is God. This is you. This is merely. I shouldn't say merely, but merely a a, a contrasting. Element piece,
1: yeah. I mean, I think the 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 part of the justice that we want to hold on to is is what's said there, right? That uh, the justice of the world is um, failing us, and it's frustrating us, uh, and we keep um, demanding our justice in it, and and every once in a while we might get it, but even when the justice is given, it's not given. According to the law, always, right? It's given in an expedient fashion. Mm-hmm. So that our justice system or improving justice in the world, it finally isn't going to bring about what Jesus is talking about. Mm-hmm. Actually, the more we fight for justice in the world, the more we see people getting, what's the word for it? Uh, frustrated, uh, losing heart, as mm-hmm. Jesus said, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, because it never quite comes. Yeah. Um, you know, it was. Uh, President Obama used it, and uh, Martin Luther King used a, f- a version of this where we talk about the, the moral arc of the universe bends towards justice. It's long, but it's coming, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and whatever good there is in that phrase that that prompts us to care for our neighbor and to work for justice in the world. Um, doesn't quite get at the point that Jesus is making, right? That it's not the long arc of justice finally will come to an end and and full justice will be there. But rather his point is, uh, listen to the judge. Listen to this unjust judge. Uh, And is God not going to be more uh, attentive Mm -hmm. and caring to those that he chooses? Sure. Now, is God going to become that judge who gives better justice? That's really the the question that Jesus is yeah, and maybe, pushing at us.
2: Maybe the question would be uh, so in verse 7 it says and will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him all day and night.
1: Right. And, and the answer there is going to be yes, but not the justice of the judge.
2: Yeah, which is yeah, what, what that's the question I was going to ask. What's this justice that God's going to grant? Yeah. Is this, mm-hmm. this justice of Obama and uh Uh, Martin Luther King, uh, is
1: it the justice of this unjust judge or what? Well, remember back to the last chapter, he's being asked where and when is the kingdom of God? So he's telling them to be on the, uh, awaiting and awaiting and watching and expecting that the kingdom of God is here among us. Not in things that you can observe and see, but it is here. Because it is in Jesus. Now, so the question then is, is Jesus here to come give us justice? Has he come to be a a social justice warrior for us? Right. Or has he come to do something else to bring in the kingdom? Jesus brings the kingdom of God by giving forgiveness, by making his will done. Not by saying, tell me all your complaints and I'll make it all better for everybody. But saying, uh, yes, here comes the kingdom of God. Your sin is forgiven. The kingdom is near. Even as you are losing your life, even as you are losing yourself, mm-hmm. to trust that the kingdom is here. Mm-hmm. So that we don't get frustrated that there isn't progress happening in the world. Yeah. But we remain in this prayer constantly, always, not losing heart, because the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God,
0: is right among us by God's promise. hmm Right. And when you compare that to the justice system of today, and if you're suing somebody, you either get a, a, a settlement or, or something in your favor, but you're maybe not satisfied with it, it's just mm-hmm. like this imperfect system. And you can fall into this trap of thinking that when God is going to bring justice, then all of a sudden, everything is going to be right. equal. Like every decision is going to be That's perfect. the word, right? That we think justice is equality and here comes jesus to give
1: he's using the unjust unjust judge to point this out that the that the equality the justice of god's kingdom is inequality
0: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah <laughs> that doesn't high. come fairly we say this over and over again uh, i like to say it like this we have to transfer our ideas of justice from this world not into justice in the in the kingdom of god but But transition them, transfer them through the cross that says justice now is not getting what you deserve, but is getting the mercy of God. Mm -hmm. So that God's justice in the kingdom is mercy. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You're getting vindicated, yes, but you're getting vindicated not by what you deserve, but by what God gives you, which is forgiveness. So Uh, uh, the other thing that the judge does is delay and delay and delay. How quickly does God come though to give you this mercy? mm -hmm. It's right away. mm -hmm. Every time in the word, Mm -hmm. every place where the word is preached and the sacraments are given there, the mercy of God is given immediately. Not as wait until the end of time. (laughs) It'll be here eventually, but here it is for you right now. (laughs) And yet Jesus' last question still sticks out here, because even though God is doing exactly what the unjust judge isn't doing, and he's giving justice, which is mercy in God's kingdom, quickly uh, and throughout all of your your cries and prayers, still Jesus asked, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Well, the answer to that is yes, if you believe in his mercy. (laughs) (laughs) Not... If you are still waiting for God to be the unjust judge, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that faith and prayer are one and the same kind of thing. When you believe in His mercy, your whole life will be lived in prayer, saying, "I trust in You, God. Mm-hmm. Trust in Your time and what You are doing. Not uh, waiting for You to do what I say all the time, and I'll be Your chosen." My one expectations when, of what when the world I get it, be like, yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: I'll ask the question that Kiri usually asks. I think it's a good question to ask. How do you preach this text?
1: Well, I think there's a number of ways to go about a a sermon in this. One of them would be to um, take up um, the futility of justice work Mm -hmm. in this world, not futility for the neighbor, but futility for bringing in God's kingdom or for seeing God's kingdom through the justice that, that we work at. Um, uh, another one would be to take up just what prayer is, just the way that we talked about at the beginning that uh prayer seems in this case to be a burden rather than a gift right and so uh to change people 's um understanding and to give them the the comfort that uh it 's not about them praying all the time but them their prayer comes because they trust in God. Mm-hmm could also take up uh, a sermon that talks about how uh, God's vindicating uh, our sin by removing it and forgiving it rather than waiting for the justice system to make us all Mm -hmm. better. I think there's a lot of ways to go about this, but all of them, I think, rest in this sense that God is being unfair Mm -hmm. and not just bringing in more and more justice uh, and uh, righteousness according to the law into the world.
0: And on that note, we reach the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Lars Olson for answering the question, how do we pray always and not lose heart? Prayer is not just the specific things we say before meals or when we fold our hands and bow our heads. Prayer is connected to faith. The faith that we trust the word and we believe God will do what he said he will do. God is praying for us, that we believe in his mercy, that believing in his mercy means we will have peace of living in his kingdom today. I want to invite you to watch the first episode of Luther House's new horror video series. You heard that right. A new horror video series. Luther House of Study in partnership with the Unite Leadership Collective and Red Braille Studios bring you The Horror, a video series based on true horror stories from Lutheran ministries from around the US. In this four part series, we tell true stories from ministry as if they were horror movies. Ministry can be scary, but don't be afraid. Join us in the mission to proclaim Jesus. New episodes every Saturday on the Luther House of Study Facebook and YouTube pages. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, pray always. We'll see you next time on Scripture First.